Welcome to Hello Health Today, where health is a leadership strategy. I'm Dr. Carmen Mohan. In this episode, we're talking about the value of mental health. I think women overall, that's something we struggle with because we're so used to taking care of everybody else. For executives, anxiety doesn't always manifest as worry. It triggers a thought and you that thought just goes in a constant loop in your head and you have an inability to let it go. Many women find all they can think about is work. They're so laser focused on just getting the job done that by the time they get home, they're not cooking for themselves. They're not exercising. In the Hello Health system, we see the value in using the body to help the mind. Anxiety is very treatable. I'm so excited to introduce you to my friend, colleague, and chief relationship officer for Hello Health, Megan Davies. Megan provides mental health counseling, group facilitation, and webinars focused on building resiliency. Prior to becoming a therapist, she had two successful careers, one in marketing and a second as a nonprofit executive. The last 15 years of her career were spent in the C-suite coaching and developing hundreds of employees. Megan is a member of the American Counseling Association and the Licensed Professional Counselors Association of Georgia. She holds certifications in change management and executive leadership from Cornell University. She earned a Master's of Science in Clinical Mental Health Counseling at Mercer University. Megan, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Carmen. I'm excited about today. So you started out in marketing, but your journey has led you into the mental health space. Are you willing to share more of that story? I would actually love to share that story. So I moved to Atlanta about 21 years ago to take a director of marketing position with WGCL Television. And so that is what I went to my undergraduate for. I got a degree in journalism and you know came here 21 years ago to, to, to make it in a top 10 market. Um, I really enjoyed what I was doing. I loved working with clients. I worked with companies like Home Depot and General Motors to put together um, marketing plans that didn't just target the Atlanta market, but nationally as well. Along the way, one of the things that made me change and look at um, life a little bit differently was um, the loss of, a, of my stepsister. Um, she and I were actually diagnosed about mm, six months apart with breast cancer. Unfortunately um, for our family, hers um, was diagnosed very, very late. Um, and so from diagnosis to death was about two years. And so oh, goodness. when you watch that happen um, in your family and you see the impact that it makes on your family, I said to myself, I need to do something differently. I love what I do. I love working with um, clients, but do I really feel like this is what I want to do for the rest of my life? What kind of impact am I leaving? And so that actually led me um, to start interviewing for um, a nonprofit job. And back then, which was about, oh, 18 years ago, they had no idea what to do with someone who had a for-profit background. Like people were groomed up from college to go and work for nonprofits. And so I actually had an interview with the American Heart Association 17 times. That's, that's correct. 17 times. 17 times. Yeah. To get hired. And even when I was hired, finally, I didn't, I didn't have a specific role until, you know, several weeks later. Um, and what I loved about working in the nonprofit sector is, yes, I got to use my marketing skills because at the end of the day in a nonprofit setting, what you really are building is relationships. People aren't going to buy a product or people aren't going to give to a cause unless they trust you as an individual. And so um, I found that what I had learned in marketing was very appropriate um, 
for the nonprofit sector and probably gave me a leg up because I was very used to driving to results and driving to numbers. So to me, those two things went hand in hand. And so I spent about um, 15 years in the nonprofit sector working for both national and local organizations. I spent several years as a CEO of Partnership Against Domestic Violence here in Georgia, and then went back to the na a national nonprofit and actually became chief development officer for the Arthritis Foundation, which is headquartered here in Atlanta. Um, at the Arthritis Foundation, I had responsibility for $100 million and literally hundreds of employees. Yes. Whoa. So talk yes. about <laughs> so talk about learning about stress and anxiety um, up close and personal. So wow, so much in that. I, I love hearing about um, just that. It sounds like a meteoric rise to me. Um, I know you've truncated so much of that experience for our benefit. The image executives have to project requires a ton of energy. Don't you find that that the the personal toll it takes to be able to lead is quite significant? I 100% agree with those comments. I mean, because at the end of the day, as a leader, you have to be authentic, but at the same token, you have to be inspirational um, for the people who are on your team, right? And sometimes that means if you have things going on outside of work, you have to come in and project a very different image than what actually happens um, in your mind or what's happening at home. I think my mom actually gave me the, the um, best advice I'd ever gotten. When I became a vice president at the Heart Association, she said to me, you have to remember that the moment you walk in the door, people are looking at you. And so if you walk in and you look like you're having a bad day, they don't think that Megan Davies is having a bad day. They think that economically something's going wrong with the company. They're they begin to worry about their jobs. And so she just said, you need to take that very, very seriously. And so um, it, it, it's really hard to check your emotions at the door though, right? I mean, Absolutely. we're human beings, but I thought it was good advice and I had to figure out how to take that advice um, and make it so it worked for me. I think um, one of the things that the Hello Health system particularly helps people do is maintain calmness under pressure. But sometimes I worry that having to project externally calmness under pressure comes at the cost of significant personal anxiety. What do you think about that? Well, since I probably lived with significant anxiety for the last 10 years of my career, I would say yes, 100%. You know, while my mom's advice was really, really good, and I think appropriate. There's also something to be said um, with trusting your staff to see the real you too. Um, and I know once I let in a few of a uh, few employees to, to see how I was actually feeling, um, it actually made them work harder for me and us actually have a more authentic relationship. But I, to be really candid, Carmen, until I started coming to you, I wasn't doing a good job managing my anxiety. Um, and so for me, it's had to take, um, I've had to do a couple of things. I have to go on medication, which has been literally from how my brain works, a game changer. Um, and the other part of it is making sure that I'm putting myself first, not that the detriment to other people, but that I'm really pouring into myself so that I have reserves and energy to give to other people. Megan, I just want to say it's been an honor to act as your personal physician and such a pleasure to watch you thrive these last years. So I just want to say that, um, you know, I guess I'm wondering what you think 
could have been better for you so that that anxiety hadn't lasted 10 years? You know, what are the symptoms, whether they were yours um, or that you've seen some of your colleagues go through? What are the symptoms of anxiety that you think executives in particular should pay attention to? I think thought rumination based on my own experience and based on working with the other women executives that I've worked with is probably the number one symptom, meaning something happens at work it triggers a thought and you that thought just goes in a constant loop in your head that you didn't do something well enough, you're second guessing um, a presentation, you're second guessing a conversation and you have an inability to let it go. Um, so that is probably what I've seen the most of. Um, outside of that, you know, I see it impacting sleep, you know, so you're unable to shut off the day and go to sleep. And that sometimes even women are withdrawing from everything that's good for them. They are so laser focused on just getting the job done that by the time they get home, they're not cooking for themselves. They're not exercising and they're not doing anything that's actually filling their cup. And so I think all of those things are symptoms of anxiety is taking over your life. And I resembled, I used to resemble all of those things I just said. Yeah. You know, that's really interesting because it's not, I think that we all get trapped into, well, this is normal. It's caused by the circumstances. To your point, when you're responsible for it, did you say $100 million? Yes. When you're responsible for that big uh, budget line item, you think, well, of course I'm worried. Of course I think about this. Of course I double guess myself, right? The circumstances, um, they, they do require feeling a little bit anxious or thinking about it a lot. Um, I think, like, how do you tell that it's taken over your life? How do you tell it's gotten to the point where you need the Hello Health system? Absolutely. You know, <laughs> what, what I generally do with clients is I will either give them the generalized anxiety um, assessment. Um, there's also a Reed Wilson's generalized anxiety. But what I'm, what I'm really listening for when I'm in a session is someone who's struggling with sleep, um, someone who seems very on edge and irritable, um, you know, who is letting all the other things in their life except for work slide. Um, because at the end of the day, the reason the Hello Health system works so well is you cannot pour from an empty cup. I think women overall, that's something we struggle with because we're so used to taking care of everybody else. And so it really takes a significant mind shift to say, it is okay to put myself first sometimes. It is okay for me to take block 30 minutes on my calendar to, to do exercise. It is okay for me to find um, a someone in my backstage area that I can trust and troubleshoot with. Um, but I think we have to almost give them permission to mm -hmm. do that. And I think unequivocally, we as women are in the best spot to be able to do that for them. We've experienced it. We've walked yep. in their shoes. Um, and I'm not entirely sure that that's something that everybody can experience outside of the Hello Health system because of how um, people are treated in, 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 the, in the health system, right? We're, we're used to treating the sick, which when you're anxiety, there, there's definitely a mental health condition there, but you're not planning for the wellness part. And I think for wellness to be sustainable, you have to have a system in place, whether you're in, having a really good couple of months or you're having a really tough couple of months. You know, I don't think I've ever asked you, 
That that so resonates with me. I don't think I've ever asked you why you decided to go into mental health counseling. Why the change from that successful C-suite level career to what you're doing now? Thank you for asking that question. Um, I would say the one word is anxiety. I literally was coming home from work and my husband looked at me and he was like, you are gray. You are not sleeping. You don't look well. And I had really, probably in the last 10 years, never taken a step back and said, what is it that I really want to do? You know, I think we all have a finite amount of time that we are going to be in the workforce. And so to me, it was like, oh, wow, someone just gave me permission to take a step back and figure out what I wanted to do. And so I actually met with a career counselor and said, I love the nonprofit sector. However, I feel like I can make so much more of an impact working with individuals because you get to a certain point, you're not working with the people who are the recipients of the funds that you're raising, right? You get to see that peripherally. And the other part for me was after I started feeling better, I thought, I don't want another woman to experience what I did. And as I started talking to people who'd been on my team, other females, and then, you know, other, other women that I met through Leadership Atlanta, I found that my experience wasn't unique. And so I said, what is it that I can do to help these women not experience what I did? And if they experience it, how do I get them in a better place as quickly as possible so that they don't spend 10 years like I did in denial or just saying, oh, if I just get through this project, oh, if I just get through the next two months, oh, if I just get through this next promotion. And you're wishing your life away by not being fully present and not taking care of yourself. You know why I love that is it just describes what motivates both of us, this desire not to see other women go through what we personally have endured and realizing that we are in exactly the right space to do that, especially as we work together. So how do you feel that your personal experience with anxiety and being such a high-profile leader has shaped your philosophy of care? It's a really good question. Um, I, I think for me it is really helping women see that small incremental changes are a win, right? Because I think you want to get um, a client that you work with to have a few wins under their belt so that you can sustain momentum. And at the same token, if they have a bad week or two, it doesn't mean that they should throw out the whole system, right? It means, okay, you had a setback and that makes you human and that's okay. So let's start over again and recalibrate for where you are in your life right now. And so to me, it's meeting them where they are um, and giving them a plan that's workable based on where they are at that moment. And then, then customizing and tailoring that plan as they get more and more proficient at taking care of themselves. You know, one of the things I love about our system is that we tell everyone setbacks will occur. They're they're guaranteed. And that recovering from those setbacks is the skill that we all need. And it makes makes the break away from what works for you shorter. And and that's what the system does. It doesn't prevent the setback, what could. But knowing that progress will never be linear. I I love that about uh, what we do. And I know that, you know, when I, when I think about myself and I think about other women, usually they have one step back and then they're done. They just, they just walk away. And I think the Hello Health system really makes it much easier to re-engage and say, you know what, I just need to recalibrate. Um, and that just makes me normal and human. And I, I love that with women who have so much pressure that it's okay to say, you know what, I had a bad week. 
you're going to have another bad week and that's okay. So this is a great time for us to take a short break. We'll be back after a couple of words. Mental health is a critical component to well-being. The National Institutes on Mental Health estimates that 26% of all Americans are affected by depression or anxiety. If you are experiencing a sense of depletion that just won't go away, or you feel worried and distracted such that it's hard to enjoy life, don't wait. Seek help now. Hello Health Clinic offers personal physicians who offer the comprehensive care you need to feel better. Find out more at hellohealthclinic.com. Megan, as Hello Health grows, I got to say it's been great working with you on the team physician service. What do you think is the most unique aspect of our interdisciplinary care? I think the most unique part of it is our ability to case manage a client from the minute they walked into the door until they're starting to feel better. And even when they're starting to feel better, that we are still partners in their journey towards better health. And I, I, in my career, I have never seen a physician and a counselor working hand in hand um, to ensure the best outcomes for those clients. Again, I, I think I said earlier, I think healthcare is set up to treat the sick. And um, while we may see people who have anxiety or depression, we also see people who just may have fatigue or just are looking for um, ways to improve their health. And I think the best part about the team physician is we can meet clients where they are and tailor their program um, based on what their specific needs are. So whether somebody is experiencing depression or anxiety or just feeling fatigued or burned out, um, we can tailor a program that makes sense for them. And the other thing that I love is that we're meeting, constantly looking at the clients and saying, okay, what is the best path forward for them? And what do we need to do collaboratively when each of us sees that client to ensure that we are reinforcing um, treatment across both platforms, meaning mental health as well as physical health, because those two are so connected. And I think not as many people understand um, what that, how important that link is, that if you are not feeling well, it could have, um, it could have huge consequences for you either mentally or physically based on what's impacting you. Yeah, and I, I have to say from my end, it's been so fantastic um, when when medication is needed, going ahead and being able to prescribe it and being able to notify you with, of course, um, the client's consent. But so many people are accepting of uh, your services because we're so proactive about that linkage that we don't see it as separate and that medication doesn't have to be something that they need forever, that we can get them off of it. But once they get through those hard times, as these darker days um, come upon us, I'm seeing a lot more sadness and, and loneliness. So when I say darker days, I mean, literally the light is dying because winter is coming. Yes, it is. Um, how are you seeing our physician services, the team uh, physician services in particular, addressing depression. Do you see that? So I think what we don't do, meaning we don't underestimate how important medication as well as talk therapy 
can be to helping people feel better. But I think because you and I are on the same page where, where it comes to physical needs, we're reinforcing some of the things like being outside, you know, and getting sunlight every, you know, for 15 to 20 minutes every day, knowing the importance of what vitamin D does to help you feel better and improve your mood, but also knowing when people need medication and that that is a collaborative process. Outside of an organization like Hello Health, you may have to go see a therapist who then may be able right. to call your doctor and the doctor Maybe. may or may not agree with what the therapist is saying. And so that is setting a pretty high barrier for entry to get your needs met. And so what ends up happening is clients fall off or they're not advocating for themselves or it's becoming so difficult um, to get the help that they need. And in our system, it's like literally you can see somebody and I could see somebody within a 24-hour period, they're on medication and had their first you know, talk therapy appointment, and they're on their way to feeling better. Oh, so much better. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, I just wonder how those silos appeared in the first place that we would consider pe people so divided like that, that, you know, it's like your mental health is in one place, but your doctor is in another and your eye care is in another, you know, it's just so siloed. And then there's like that the piece of you at work where work impacts your mental health so much, like the stuff you're worrying about is work-related. How do you feel the group facilitations are, are going to address that aspect? I think when we do groups inside companies, it makes it safer for people to really talk about how they're feeling. And I think it also takes away that fear that I'm the only one who feels this way. You know, I think about um, when we had done around um, racial injustice, and while the staff is extremely diverse, um, they hadn't really had a lot of internal conversations about he how each of them were feeling and how overwhelmed or anxious or depressed they were. And for you to be able to bring a group together so that they feel like they have people in their organization that they um, connect with. It creates a lot more authenticity and connections in the workplace, which from an employer's perspective means you're going to get more out of your employees because they feel like they're being heard, listened to, and valued. Yeah, I think it really does help with that backstage that we talk about, that you're actually safer with your colleagues than you realize. That they, they do understand and that you don't have to be alone inside your own experience, which is such a huge component that's a barrier when you feel anxious or when you feel depressed, wouldn't you, wouldn't you say? Absolutely. And I think if you look at the numbers nationally, you know, a lot of employers have employee assistance programs. However, only three and a half percent of employees are using them for a myriad of reasons. Uh, a lot of that is worried about whether it's going to be confidential. And of course, there's stigma associated with it. When you work with the Hello Health system, you know, you are empowered to see that the, your employer is actually advocating for you to use both the physical and mental health aspects of the system. And, you know, when you're seeing 87% of our clients taking advantage of that, that tells me what we're doing is right on point and needed. Yeah. And that number keeps climbing. So I'm thinking we might almost hit 90, 99 uh, this year. <laughs> That's amazing. As you deploy the Hello Health system in your own life, is there a particular benefit you've been surprised by? I think I have been most surprised by a couple of things. Um, getting on a regular sleep regimen. Um, it's nice to wake up every morning and want to get up and go to work and be excited about the day. 
Uh, and I, if I look back, um, you know, five years ago, my, my sleep patterns were, you know, one night it could be five hours, the next night it could be seven hours. And now I am very consistent that it's between eight and nine hours. And so, oh my gosh, you're speaking my language. <laughs> something that seems so simple is, is actually not very simple when you're an executive. And so, mm-hmm. you know, it's interesting because LeBron James actually uh, would be perfect for our system because he says he plans his entire day around his sleep schedule. You got to love LeBron James. I mean, there's so much to adore about that man. <laughs> so I would say that. And I think the feeling comfortable knowing I needed medication and, and working with you to find the right um, medication and, and dosage. You know, I was a ruminator. And I think that was what was so hard for me those last 10 years. And to know that my brain is quiet. And if I make a mistake, I am not in my head for days afterwards beating myself up. I'm like, yep, I made a mistake. I'm going to do this differently and I can move on. And so to me, um, to have my brain be that much quieter has been a game changer. Oh, that's fabulous. It's so wonderful to hear. Megan, thank you so much for sharing some of your personal story and and taking the time to chat with me today. You know, I absolutely adore working with you. I feel so um, happy that we're in this together and I'm really proud of the work that we've accomplished so far. What's your advice for someone who struggles with anxiety? Do you have action steps that they could take to feel better today? So I think the most important part of the process is getting the right diagnosis. And that can be done a couple of different ways. Um, But to me, it all comes back to what your personal motivation is. And so before you even begin a specific course of treatment, I am saying, what is the anxiety taking away from you? And really having the client write that down and own that because often treatment can get uncomfortable. And I am forever asking them to go back to what is motivating you to make this change And the other question I often ask is, if nothing changes, and this is the status quo a year from now, how does your future look? And that really can be a game changer for people because they realize, oh my gosh, I don't want my life to look like this a year from now. So even if this is going to be uncomfortable, I am willing to lean in um, and, and do the work. I generally use exposure and response prevention, which is considered the gold standard in in treating uh, anxiety. It does things that people that are counterintuitive to folks, which is leaning into the anxiety and realizing that it is tolerable. And the more tolerable um, those anxious thoughts are, the easier it is for you to overcome them. And so, you know, for years and years and years, the thought process was to do like thought stoppers or get up and avoid them. And that's not actually what the data Um, bears out. It's, you know, there is no stress out there. There's only people and places and events and whether they trigger stress or anxiety, it's how we perceive them. And so perception is a really big part of anxiety and exposure response prevention really works with that um, theory. Um, Because we what, what makes us anxious is the perceived demands exceed what our resources are. That's what we're afraid of. And what you learn is that we do have the resources to lean in and work through the anxiety. So if somebody would like to contact you for individual therapy, how would they get a hold of you? So two different ways. Um, first, directly um, via the phone, which is the fastest and easiest way, which is 404-694-4391, or at my email address, which is Megan, M-E-A-G-A-N, at hellohealthclinic.com. 
I really appreciate you taking time between sessions to chat with me. I am so looking forward to all the things, the great work we are going to do together. Thank you for having me. And it's amazing to be in partnership with you. If you like what you hear on Hello Health today, please support the show. You can do that by taking some time right now to rate and review us. It helps other people find us. Subscribe now so Hello Health today is automatically loaded into your feed. Until next time, remember, today is good. Hi, everyone. Thank you for tuning in. Because I am a medical doctor, it's important for me to tell you that nothing I say here in this podcast can substitute for your doctor's advice. My lawyers make me say the same thing this way. The contents of this podcast are neither intended nor implied to be relied on for medical diagnosis, care, or treatment concerning any individual. Under no circumstances does this podcast create a physician-patient relationship, nor does it constitute engagement in the practice of medicine or the provision of any healthcare service to an individual patient. This podcast should not be used as a substitute for professional diagnosis and treatment. Consult a healthcare provider before making any healthcare decisions or to obtain guidance about any medical conditions. The producers of this podcast expressly disclaimed responsibility and shall have no liability for any damages, loss, injury, or liability whatsoever suffered as a result of reliance on the information contained in this podcast.